everyone, and welcome to Angel Talk. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the executive director of Raise for Rowan. We are the organization that helps families suffering from the loss of a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. This is the last week we are momless. Starting next week, we will have Bryn back. We are so excited to have her back, as I'm sure our podcast listeners are. You might be done listening to my voice <laughs> and uh, over the last couple weeks all by myself. This is the last episode of our Grief and Fatherhood series. We've had a tremendous uh, couple of conversations with Brad Tower a few weeks ago talking about the loss of his three children and, and how he's been trying to navigate through that since since the accident. We talked last week to Chuck Cope, who was phenomenal. Thank you very much to both of those gentlemen for coming by. We are, today are talking to a familiar face to those who have actually listened to this podcast before. We are talking to Pastor Jim Ford. Uh, New Day Christian Center in Tenino. He uh, agreed to come back onto the podcast virtually, of course. We are keeping our social distance as much as we can. And he talked a little bit about his, he he talked a little bit about his loss, and then the different pressures that come with being a father when you suffer through through this kind of loss. So it was phenomenal. And the really a neat thing about this particular interview was it did it does have a faithful bent to it. He is of course a pastor, and so he talked about his relationship with with God and 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 the images of what a, what a father goes through biblically. It was a pretty fantastic interview. So I hope everybody out there is staying safe, making sure that you're practicing things correctly. Over the next week, uh, we are being told by all of the experts and uh, folks in the government that it's going to be a tough week this week. We're going to see a lot of loss, and we're praying for all the families and thinking of all the families who are going to lose loved ones. It doesn't have to be a child in order for you to have to go through the grieving process. So our hearts are with everyone who who has lost family members to this pandemic uh, and will lose this week. Um, we have to maintain our operations because of weeks like this week. So you will be seeing some different type of content on the web uh, for us. You'll be seeing some uh, more positive content highlighting some of our unsung heroes in this in this crisis. The, the, you'll be seeing some of that over the next few weeks. We'll have hopefully some content that will provide some emotional support to everybody. Um, and I will have some announcements at the end of this podcast regarding some of the events we'll have moving forward to help keep our doors open. But I'm not going to take any more of your time here at the beginning. You don't want to hear me again. I am going to dive into our interview with Pastor Jim Ford. And here it is. All right. So here we are with a Jim Ford, our very first recurring guest. Jim, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Again, thank you guys for asking me again. You're, you're kind of giving me a big head, though, so i got to be careful. But <laughs> it, it's an honor to sit down with you guys and, and just help Raise for Rowan get out there and, and minister to people that are going through a tough time. Awesome. So thank you. So for those, Jim, who, who didn't get a chance to listen to the last podcast or haven't gotten a chance to know you, can you talk a little bit about what it is that you do for a living? Sure. Um, first and foremost, I'm a pastor of a church in Tenino, Washington. Um, been here since 2003 and we've had our ups and downs, but for the most part, God is always ever faithful and he has sustained us and, uh, we've gotten deeper in love with him through each passing year. 
And that's basically what I do for a living. I just, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I love to teach the word. I love to open it up and, and kind of make it real, you know, yeah. more than Sunday school type thing or just, you know, and not the super intellectual, but the human part of it because yep. Jesus was, even though he was entirely God, he's entirely human. Yeah. And, and what's powerful is that he had to learn some things that he didn't know. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. imagine the all knowing God learning right, having to learn some things. That's, that's awesome. I like that. That's a good, that's a good image. Um, for those who had not listened that, that was one of the, the best podcasts I personally have, have participated in was the grief and faith podcast. I invite folks who haven't had a chance to listen to Jim and Bryn talk about the role of faith in their lives to go back and listen to that one. It's really, Really, really cool. We're not gonna we're not gonna repeat ourselves too much uh, here, Jim, on the podcast. But I do want you to take a moment and maybe talk to folks a little bit about your angel, who she was, and the story of your loss, if you could, without going too deep into the to the details sure. of the day. Sure, sure, sure. Um, well, it was um, Monday morning, September twenty seventh. Um, Spencer and her sister McKinley were getting ready to go to school. Um, they, uh, Spencer was dynamic and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. I'll get, I'll get over this detail here for a minute. Um, they were Spencer, her mom was getting ready to go to work. And so Spencer was coming up, get ready to go to school. And she came in and she kissed her mom goodbye went downstairs, did some things and then came back up for a second time and said, mom, I just wanted to kiss you again. Mm. And mm. mom said, well, why'd you do that? She goes, oh, I just wanted to. Wow. And, um, her mom left to go to work. And then um, Spencer got in her car and I went to my office, which was in our home at the time. Mm-hmm. And Spencer pulled out of the driveway with her, with her sister. And about, I don't know, 30 seconds later, I heard a big crash and I can see the road. I could see the road from my office. So I looked out the window to see, you know, what kind of caused it. And I didn't see anything cause I could see the road. So I thought, you know, okay, everything's fine. But then secondly, I, I thought, man, I better go out and check it out. And, uh, so I got some, I got, you know, got, got a shirt on, went outside, walked over. And by the time I got there, there was a gentleman on the phone with 911 saying that one of the kids was already dead. Mm. So I saw the car across the street, but you know, that's, I mean, when you hear it, the impact of that is, I mean, you actually, you're living through something that is surreal. Right. It's, it's just not, even, it's just something you can't even begin to imagine. And, and I, I, I know my stories, you know, there's other stories that are more horrific than mine, but it's just devastating. Yeah. Spencer, my goodness, Spencer was powerful. Um, she was, she's a great kid. Her, when, when we were, when her mom was pregnant with her, we would sit and read the baby book together. And, and her mom reluctantly allowed me to get to choose her name, yeah. which was very clever. I thought, but, um, <laughs> so I, um, we were going through boy names and I don't even know, I'm not even sure if we knew that it was going to be a girl, but we were going through the boy names part of it. And all of a sudden my wife, Stacy got to the S's and said, Spencer. And I said, that's the name. That is the name. Yeah. Yeah. I always imagined her to be, you know, very sophisticated, very kind of like um, professional Mm -hmm. um, in her demeanor, very, you know, all of these things that you imagine your child to be. And I said, man, and then her mom picked out her middle name, which was McKaylee. And it means together, it means together keeper of the shop like the Lord. And that's how that kid grew up. That's very <laughs> that kid, cool. She, she was very conscious of her relationship with Jesus Christ. She mm-hmm. was very, uh, uh, declarative of it. She was not ashamed of Jesus. Mm-hmm. She, um, you know, 
obviously she wasn't perfect and you know, we would have to scold her from time to time and she would get in trouble and yeah. all of that. You know, she was a kid like anybody but, else. Man, there was, Jesus was the foremost thing in her life. And she was very, very, um, I'm going to say this in a, in a very positive way, very proud to follow Jesus. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it carried over into her school. She was she was on the soccer team. She she grew up in Tenino, basically. She started here, I think, in third grade. So she went. She had all of her friends that carried through. And, and you know, most of the time, Christians are geeks, but Spencer wasn't. So <laughs> yeah. She exemplified kind of the 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 awesomeness of God, if yeah. you will. And I didn't yeah. put too much on her, but um, you know, kind of even in the last before she was killed, um, her principal came to me and said, Jim, he says, the first encounter I had with Spencer was at lunch at the lunch table and some kids were making fun of a special needs kid. And she went over to him and sat down and ate lunch with him. Oh man. You know, it just, it was kind of like, and I would have never taught her to do that. I would have taught her, you know, I would, I would have been one of the kids that was probably being mean. Yeah. But she she had an empathy with people and and just an outreach and and, and it showed. I mean, yeah. she was very very popular. Um, the day she was killed, they canceled school for those kids that wanted to go home, and half the student body went home. Wow! You know, and I mean, we're only talking two weeks into the school year, so even those freshmen or, or younger underclassmen that that wouldn't have had an opportunity to know her were affected by what happened. And yeah. I know it's a small town, and you know you can give all the excuses. Um, but it, it was a, it was a heavy day. I yeah. mean, it was a heavy, heavy day. And then, um, you know, on our memorial, we had it a week later, there were 750 people came to her memorial service. Wow. wow. And, and I was like, man, dang it. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> she had a bigger church than me and she wasn't even a pastor. Yeah. Man. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was a little pissed off, but I mean, it's all good. I mean, <laughs> I was mad. And yeah. Anyway. So that's, I mean, I hope I've encapsulated her spirit was tremendously outgoing, tremendously dedicated, tremendously, tremendously um, special. And I just, you know, and yeah, I mean, she she was, oh, I I will say this. I I think I said this last time. Um, I had a judge call me, Mm -hmm. a circuit court judge from Lewis County right after she passed. Um, And he called me on the phone and he was just weeping. And he said, Jim, he said, I was so devastated to hear about your daughter's death. He said, I would watch her play soccer. And I was so excited to watch her play because every time she got put into the game, every time she played, she was a game changer. Wow. I wish I could have seen her. We will never be able to see what she could have become in her adulthood because of this. And and I'm like, this is a guy who just watched her play soccer with, you know, he had a daughter that was on the same team. Yeah. And I was like, and, you know, so, I mean, even adults were impacted by the the power of this young person's life. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, she's definitely, every day we miss her, every day we wish she wasn't in heaven, but, I mean, we wish she was here on earth. Right, <laughs> right. We're glad she's in heaven. We're glad she's in heaven. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so other yeah. than that, that's, you know, yeah. that's just the, that's the story. I mean, I wish I could take all day to talk about her, but, um, you know, for yeah. the sake of our podcast time, <laughs> She was special. Yeah. I love that. I have to tell you, I, I love when when everyone has an opportunity to share about their angel. The, you can just see how proud uh, you are of of Spencer and what she meant to people and, and, and her time here. It's very cool. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. No problem. Anytime. So let's talk a little bit 
uh, about kind of coming out of that because it's because this the themes are almost always the same. There is this there is this time span afterwards where you're in a fog. It's very difficult to take everything in. You're not really remembering a lot after directly after the the loss of a child. Can you talk about how people interacted with you after the event? Did they want to come speak to you? Were they afraid to? How did people talk to you? Oh, you know what? Um, wow, that's a good question. There were a lot of people that came out of the woodwork, mm-hmm. I'll say it that way, that that had good intentions. People want to say good things to bring comfort, but yeah. a lot of times it comes out very clumsily. And I don't I'm not trying to impugn them or denigrate their their intentions. Yeah. But you almost want to just hit them and say, you know what, it'd be better if you just sat there and were quiet. <laughs> right. Because you're, you're, you're definitely not helping. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, I, I, it even hit my family, my, my side of the family. You know, I had some people that were pretty exuberant or over exuberant in wanting to reconnect. And I'm just like, no, this is the, one of the most personal things that you can encounter. And why do I want to have a family reunion mm-hmm. about this? That's right. I, it's not a celebration. It's not a celebration. It's, it's a sad time for me. It's, it's, it's yeah. And I would say, um, you know, people, people would look at you and go, if you didn't, if you didn't respond or, or emote the way that they expected you to, they would become offended and say, well, why aren't you acting? You know, you're laughing at this person's joke over here. You know, well, if I'm not laughing, I'm going to be crying. So, yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of different, a lot of different um, reactions, if you will, from people. You know, some people they just wanted to sit there with you, and those were probably the ones that that were the most helpful. They just sat there. Mm. They didn't say anything. They didn't try to comfort you. They just they were they they presented the same level of just shock and dismay and all of this that you were going through at the time. And it was kind of a shared discomfort, a shared grief. You know yeah. what I mean? And that, that was kind of like, yeah, thank you, man. Just let me just sit here and be absorbed into myself yeah. for a little bit. And you just sit there for the human comfort. And if I want to reach out to you, I will. And those were kind of, I think for me, those were the best encounters. I didn't, I didn't like people pushing in because yeah. it's you really, you, you're just going through it. And so the people, I mean, bringing it back to the people, we had every, every, every different exclamation of emotion. There yeah. was laughter. There was, there was people would come and, and not realize the seriousness of it. You know, some people were, well, she's in a better place. <laughs> I'd like to send you to the better place. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's like, um, yeah. you can trade places with her if you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of these things that, that seriously were well-intended that didn't come across that way in that time. Yeah. And I would see this. For the people who, 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 whose heart is broken that mm-hmm. aren't that parent, because this, this is a podcast that's dealing with how parents deal with the grief. If you're not a parent who's encountered this, be patient with the parent who's going through it. Okay. Because they're going to do some things that are really, really come across as uh, unfeeling toward you or whatever. And if you're their friend, if you love them, you're going to understand that what they're facing is something that's off the charts unimaginable. Yeah. And they're they're going through stuff right now. They're processing things on a level that we pray to God you never have to understand. Yeah. And and that you never have to go through. So give them the space. You know, if they reach out to you, beautiful. But don't don't try to invade it thinking you're gonna help it because you're not. You're yeah. I mean, be there, but but 
don't be invasive. Yeah. Just be on the perimeter and let them reach out to you. And I, that, that's my best advice for that. If you, if I could give that, that's really good advice. Did you feel that you got treated say differently than your wife did? Did people talk to you differently? Yeah. Um, you know, you're the guy you, um, you're the dad, you're supposed to be the strong one. You're supposed to be the the one that, that, that carries, you know, the, the weight in silence mm-hmm. and just kind of be the rock or whatever. And, and okay. Maybe there were times that that was, but, um, yeah, they, they, my wife, obviously, I mean, man, my wife, you know, she carried this little girl in her womb for nine months. She, she had a connection to this child that I would never even begin as a father to comprehend. Um, in fact, just recently I, I heard of a study where a portion of a child's DNA is actually retained inside the brain of the mother. Oh, no way. It's it's crazy how how connected they are beyond emotionally. They're they're connected physically in a way that 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 as fathers we're not. So mm-hmm. you know I'm um, people treated her different obviously because she's a woman. She's she's you know she's going to be you know maybe more emotional maybe not. Um, so you know there it's just it's just the way our society responds to the male and female uh, dynamic. Yeah, and you know people. You know, and I was cool with that. I, 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 knowing my wife, I knew that she kind of wanted, I mean, I was there for her, but I wasn't going to push inside of it. I mean, I, I let her be angry on the days that she wanted to be angry. Yeah. I let her well, be sad on the days she wanted to be sad. And, and I'm going to support her in whatever way I could on that one. Other yeah. than that, I think people, um, I, we were at a soccer game shortly after Spencer was killed and they resumed playing soccer. And, and I was talking with people in the community and my brother-in-law came up to me and says, how can you be laughing at a time like this? And I'm like, dude, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I gotta, I've got to function in public, you know, and you don't look at me when I'm in my shower weeping my eyes out, Yeah. you know, trying to cope with this. You see me on a, on a public format. So a, a lot of people didn't understand, you know, that, that, we have to carry our, we can't be falling apart in public. Yeah. There, there has to be a comportment available. You know, there has right, to be a comportment right. component to, to, to the way we function. So mm-hmm. uh, again, you know, I noticed that, 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 that they would, they wanted me to be stoic almost, if you will, right. rather than, than emotive. And, and they let my wife be emotive. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. They, they, they let her, you know, and I get it. You know, you be emotive, get it out, you know? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's, that's I guess a, yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. That's what we've seen a lot. I mean, throughout, throughout really, honestly history, but then in our society, there still is that residual effect of like a man needs to process it differently. There's, uh, there's additional pressures on a father that there might not be in our mother that we don't think about very often. You know, yeah. you are in a unique position because of the nature of your work. You have a very public-facing um, calling, where you're out there actually, you know, speaking to folks who are going through their own troubles, and you're you are really in front of people. How did you get back to leading a congregation after all of this happened? Well, first of all, I I, um, I was part of an organization at the time that um, had about 250 different churches mm-hmm. uh, in its network. And immediately when they heard that our daughter had been killed, they sent pastors to uh, relieve me. And I had a month off. I had a month where I just didn't even do any, I didn't talk cool. to, I didn't 
anybody. Well, I talked to him, but I didn't, I didn't have to be the leader of my church. Yeah. I, I could be a guy that was in seclusion, a guy that was kind of rebuilding uh, emotionally and familiar with my family and stuff like that. So I don't even, I, I think I maybe went to one service and I sat in the back mm-hmm. and I just didn't, you know, I didn't even go. But, yeah. Um, and, and so coming back from that, being able to have a month off and just kind of take everything in. Um, when I came back, um, I brought a pig, I brought a stuffed pig that had been in my daughter's bedroom. Um, and I laid it on the pulpit with me and I said, okay, I said, for everyone, I said, there's an elephant in the room. And I, I, I might've said there's a pig in the room. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, I, mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I use that as kind of a visual touch point of saying, um, you know, this is where the rubber hits the road. Mm-hmm. I, she will always be here. She will always be in our heart. She will always be in our mind, but we have to move forward and God is faithful and we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. So how I came back was just understanding that, Yes, my daughter is in heaven. The Bible tells me that to be absent from the body is to be present immediately with the Lord. So her body, you know, was cremated. So obviously she's not there in bodily form, but she's there with the Lord in spirit. Mm-hmm. And and he, you know, however that works, she's with him. Yeah. And that's my that's my faith. That's what that's what lets me yeah. function on here. And what's really cool is I'm not left to figure that out on my own. I have a tremendous amount of historical documentation that the disciples saw Jesus resurrected from the dead. You know, they, you know, all of these things that are there that, that I believe are true and are documented, not, not just, you know, some weird visible faith thing. No, these, these people actually live. There's historical proof that these people lived and they died with those convictions that they had seen this physically and lived through it. And so I take huge heart from that. And I'm like, Hey, they lived it. If they lived it, I can live it. Yeah. And they suffered stuff and I can suffer stuff mm-hmm. and, and we'll make it. And God is faithful. He is, he has always been there for us. So how I made it back was just, I had a good month off. I got to re, I got to heal with my family. I got to decompress. I got to go through the grieving process. And then I just wanted to make sure that, Hey guys, if I, if you don't think I was credible before, I'm, right. I'm credible now because I've lost something that, that I pray no one else will ever have to lose and we're making it through yeah. and we're going to continue this fight and we're going to, we're going to continue to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Really amazing stuff. All right. So now we're on to a newer segment that we have here. Um, I like to affectionately call it nerd corner. Uh, it is the Rays for Rowan book club. I am a nerd, so I'm allowed to say that. Uh, I also read books. I got a feeling I know exactly what book you're going to tell me uh, got you through a lot of hard times. But uh, 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 Pastor Jim, why don't you make a book recommendation that helped you? <laughs> well, obviously, uh, I'm not big into the into. The, I mean, I love reading books, but the book that helped me the most through this is obviously the Bible. Right. And and I read the Bible a bit differently, I think, than 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 most. I look at the human dynamic part of it and I look at, I, I take very great comfort in the fact that King David not only lost one child, but lost two. Mm. And, and, and he had to face one was an adult mm-hmm. and one was a child. Yeah. And so he had both spectrums. I mean, he had both uh, opposing dynamics. I mean, losing a baby that's never, you know, barely been able to be alive and then losing a son that he loved a lot. Yeah. Um, 
And so, you know, I look how he dealt with that and I thought, okay, there was some good stuff in there and there's some bad stuff in there that I need to take heart in. I, I can't let my heart become bitter. Mm-hmm. I look at, I look at the patriarchs who, um, you know, one of them thought that one of his kids was dead because 11 brothers came up and said, yeah, he was killed by a lion and here's his coat. Yeah. And he had to yeah. live with, he had to live with that for years before he was reconnected with his son. And yet in all of that, he remained faithful and he didn't get mad at his, at his other children when he found out that they had lied to him and all, all the things in there that, that are just hugely illustrative of the human dynamic of the Bible. And I, and I look at that and I go, okay, God, if these guys were truly human, cause they weren't, they weren't, extraordinary but they did extraordinary things they, they faced the same demons they faced the same faults they faced the same challenges they faced all of these things and yet in the end they overcame because they believed in the promise of god yeah and so that's what i look at is my my the biggest part of this that helped me through this was was the bible and yeah. just picking through the human parts and there are some parts in there that are that are tough yeah you look at joe who lost I mean, Job lost everything. He just right. didn't lose his children. He lost his wife. He lost his family. And then yeah. he, on top of that, he got hit with a physical uh, case of boils that were beyond. And, and he had a huge argument with God mm-hmm. and God let him argue with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, God, and that's what I love about this is like, God's not afraid of our disputations. Mm-hmm. I think God is concerned about our silence more than he is concerned about mm. our disagreements with him. He wants us to communicate. He says, come, let us reason together. Mm. Well, reasoning together infers that there's a disagreement. Yeah, yeah. Because if I'm reasoning the same way God is, I don't need to reason with him. Yeah. I understand what he's thinking. But see, so that now tells me that, wait a minute, his thoughts are different than my thoughts. His ways are different than my ways. So if I'm going to understand them, I can't sit back in silence and hope he's going to talk to me. I got to knock on the door. Yeah. I got to say, hey, wait a minute, God, I am coming in. And if you don't open it, I'm breaking it down yeah. because you and I are going to have a talk. Yeah. And and that's what I love about you look at every great person in scripture and they all had a controversy with God at one point or another. And they all went toe to toe and they all came out the other end. They were changed. They were transformed, but they were stronger in their faith. Mm. They were deeper in the relationship with God and God respected them for it. He didn't chastise them and, and say, Oh, I can't use you anymore. You're done. Yeah. I'm writing you off. Yeah. No, he said, no, I'm going to use you as an example for the other people to follow because man, I'm a God who loves to convince people that I am the true God. Yeah. That's only and you know what? I think a lot of people get this weird respectful thing for God and they don't want to, they don't want to argue with them. And I'm like, man, God, you and I, we're going to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you can knock me down and you can cripple me. You can do whatever you want to do. But I know in the end of it, I'm going to love you more. And you're going to come out of this going, we have reasoned together, Jim. And yeah. I won. Yeah. And what's really cool is just, you look at those people, how they came out in the end. Yeah. Their end was always better than when their, their challenge began. Yeah. And, and that is so cool. It's like, God, I'm looking forward to the day that my end is better. That's awesome. So um, you you answered the question about what the Bible says about grieving. I mean, very eloquently. The final question I have for you is what you would recommend specifically for dads who are in their moment of grieving and trying to find a way to cope with it on a daily basis. Mm. Well, um, you know, man, I'm going to say this. And, 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 uh, 
I'm leaving, I'm leaving a time for you to be able to edit this. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I, this is, this is where I'm going to come down on. I, I think a lot of times fathers, we, because we are looked upon as the strong one, we got to keep it together or whatever. We don't allow ourselves to channel the anger and we misappropriate our anger toward the people that we love the most mm. because we're hurting. We, we, we want to, we want to, we want to express that hurt, but we express it in a negative way through anger at our wife or our other children or, um, you know, or right. the coworkers that we're going to go to work with eventually. And, and, and I think we have to understand as fathers, what I love about God, he said, be angry and sin not. So he gives us permission to be angry. He gives us permission to be uh, emotive in that in that tense situation. Yeah. And, and I would say this, fathers, you're you have a lot of anger. I, I was completely pissed off that my daughter had been killed, and, yeah. and I wanted to shout at everybody. You you had a hand in this. You had a hand in this. But I'm understanding. Hey, wait a minute. I gotta I gotta be angry and understand where to direct that anger because I could be really angry and be a big meanie to my wife. Now I'm now I'm causing stress in a relationship that's already pushed to the limit right. of stress because of the situation we're facing. Yep. I can alienate my children through anger. And now no, I need to draw them in. I need to I need to express my anger at who that anger is worthy to be expressed at. Yeah. I know that's a long, weird, grammatically weird sentence. But I truly believe, and I said this, guys, I don't care what killed you, cancer, uh, a car accident whatever maybe it happened over time maybe it happened instantaneously but i'm gonna tell you this there is an enemy of your soul that wants you to be destroyed mm. through this situation and he's doing everything in his power to make sure that you don't make it but there is a god in heaven that's working towards your good and all things the bible says all things work together for the good to those that love god and are called according to his purpose and i'm gonna tell you right now what you're facing in the death of a child is not a good thing. It is not there. There's nothing fun. There's nothing good. There's nothing hilarious. There's nothing positive about what happened, but God will carry you through. And in the end, it will be good somehow, some way. And I'll be honest, I'm 10 years in on this. I'm celebrating the 10th year anniversary of our daughters going to heaven. And I'm, I'm still fighting to see the good. Yeah. And maybe I'm thick headed. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just not seeing what God's doing, you know, and I'm trying to be, not bitter about not seeing it if I've not seen it, but I'm saying, God, I need to see it yeah. so that I don't become bitter toward you. Yeah. So I would say this, dads express your anger, but express your anger in the right way. And this is another cool part of anger that we don't look at in a church setting. Uh, the Bible says, never let the sun go down on your wrath. And we always look at that as, Oh, don't go to bed mad with your wife or don't go to bed mad at your children or in a bad, in a bad attitude. No, I look at it the other way. Never let the sun set on who you're angry with and not sinning by being angry with them. Mm -hmm. I go to bed angry every night. Devil, I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to take you out. Yeah. I'm going to find a way. I'm, I'm never going to not be angry at who killed my daughter. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't some random truck driver. Mm -hmm. It wasn't some glare of sunlight that hit off of the windshield that caused her to be blind. I'm looking at the, at the entity that wanted to, to destroy us and I'm being mad at him. And mm -hmm. I'm saying, so, Fathers, be angry and never stop being angry at the right thing. Mm. And when you understand what the right thing is, 
the man go after it yeah. because you are the strength of your family. You are, you are the hunter. You are the guy, you are the one that's going after there and being the strong man. And you know, when your family sees that you're, that, you know, and I wouldn't gloat about it, but if, when they see that you can stand firm and love the rest of your family and love your life in the midst of this weirdness, they're going to take strength from that. Yeah. They're going to say, this is a guy we can hang, hang with. This is a guy that, that we can trust to lead us through this time of, of challenge and through this time of walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. I mean, and, and you, we are, we are, we physically, when your child is killed, when any of your loved ones or your immediate loved ones are, are, are gone, you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. And, and what does the Bible say? It doesn't say God is with you. It says, no, I will fear no evil. Mm-hmm. For you with me. So there's evil after you in that shadow. Yeah. There's evil after you that wants to get you, but remember that God is with you and you need to be angry at the evil that's trying to take you out. Anyway, I, I hope I answered your question. You did. You did. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you very much. Actually, you had said that before. You said it on the last podcast, which I thought was pretty profound when you talked about going to speak to uh, another father and you said uh, that it was okay to be angry. And he acted as if that was the first time he'd ever heard that advice. And it was a relief to him actually to have heard that. So I think that that's really a, a good way of putting it. You have, you are allowed to have the space to feel what you feel, especially as, as a father and don't feel pressure otherwise. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of times we want to conform and, and conformity is, I think it's good in some ways, but not in this situation. Yeah. I think you've got to, you've got to get it out of here. Otherwise it'll poison you yeah. and, and you'll be, you'll be devastated. And that's some too. my, you know, the day after Spencer was killed, I, we were sitting in the car at some point in the road and, and I just looked at my wife and I said, are we going to get divorced over this? Oh, wow. She said, no. And I said, okay. I said, because you look at, you look at families who go through the loss of a child and there's a huge high percentage of yeah. divorce rate yeah. among those families. And I, and I, you know, we dealt with that question wow. the day after wow. and we aren't going to become a statistic. We're going to, we're going to make it through this and we're going to, we're going to do the right thing. And it's been 10 years and, yeah. and we're still going strong. Yeah. So, um, you know, and it, has it been easy? No. Have we had our fights? Yes. Have we accused each other of stupidity? Yes. You go through the same dynamic, but you know what, when you, when you confront the situation head on and you're not afraid of it, you know, obviously there's a, a bit of fear, but when you're not, when you're not so paralyzed by fear that you can't address it, mm-hmm. then, then I think, you're building a stronger relationship. And that's what I encourage all husbands and wives. You're going to be mad at your spouse. There's something she could have done that, that would have saved this. No, there's nothing. Mm. There's something you could have done that could have saved this. And, and no, there's nothing. There's nothing that you could have done to have avoided this situation. Yeah. So stop that right now and yeah. just work on your relationship with your family and love them. Be angry at the right thing. Love the right thing and keep it together. Well, there you go. Awesome. <laughs> Man, that's that's a great way to end it right there. Jim, I want to thank you for trying this a second time. <laughs> I really thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, thank you very much yeah. for letting me. Yeah. And so right. uh we'll probably have you you'll probably be another recurring guest. You're going to you're going to be on again. So we'll uh we'll talk right. we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Have a good one. You I too. love you, Philip. Thank right. you. I love appreciate you it and uh, put them both together the right way cuz <laughs> We'll get it. You got it. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Have a great day. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. 
Okay, and that was our conversation with Pastor Jim Ford. What an amazing and inspiring dude. I really love every minute I get a chance to spend with Jim. He is a fantastic guy with a ton of energy. Thank you for coming on, Jim, again. And I know we'll have you again, so don't worry about that. Uh, For those of you who obviously know, we did cancel the dinner and auction on April 25th. We are proud to announce that we will be doing something that day. We remain undeterred on April 25th. It will become a virtual auction. We'll have more details about that uh, later on this week through our e-newsletter, on our website, and through social media. But we're very excited to announce that April 25th will still be a virtual auction. We'll have both a quote-unquote silent version of it online and then we'll also have a Facebook Live live auction and a few other fun things. So be prepared for that. We're really excited to have that come back onto the calendar. We're still looking through the scope of the of the rest of the summer. Um, you know, we do have the the run, which is tentatively still scheduled for June 20th. Of course, that could change. We want to make sure that we are being safe and that we're not putting anybody in harm's way. So we will take our cues from the government and from experts as to their recommendations. Right now it is on because, as most of you know, the quarantine process is ending on May 4th. Now, that could change, of course. So we want to make sure that we uh, keep our, our all of our guidelines um, in order and we're following, we're following all of the directives from government and experts. So we'll keep that in mind. We will also have hopefully a couple of tabled events uh, toward the end of summer. And then our big one will be a, an actual wine night in November. That's what we have it scheduled for right now. Anybody who bought tickets to the dinner and auction will have the option of doing a free transfer of tickets to that particular event. So we'll have that up and running here in the next couple weeks as we start to put this together. But the one we're really excited about in the immediate future is the virtual quote-unquote dinner and auction. So we hope everybody has an opportunity to come still enjoy that and be a part of that. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This was a really great podcast this week. We, I really want to thank the fathers who took the time to talk about how they felt through this process. It was really neat to spend four weeks talking about our angel fathers and what they're going through. I hope our angel fathers got something out of it. And I really want to thank all of the fathers for coming on. And I want to thank you for listening. And what's amazing, folks, is even though we have lots of doubt going around right now, I can tell you with 100% certainty, we'll talk to you next week.